0: Let's get into today's episode. Hi, and welcome to another episode of The Art of Unraveling. I always love these episodes when I get to interview um, a fellow. Some of these people I know well, some of them I know sort of well, and some people that I'll be interviewing I don't even know at all. So it's just really fun to hear other people's stories. I know these are the most watched episodes because I can see I can't see who watches, who listens to what, but I can see the numbers of listeners and the interviews are always um, higher than my podcast. I'm going to try to not take that personally, <laughs> but <laughs> no, it's just because people are sharing them with their family and friends. Anyway, I'm very excited for my guest today. Um, her name's Morgan Lansing. Am I saying that right? Perfect. And Morgan and I met kind of in a funny way um for for the first time and it was she was selling her house and we were interested in buying her house. It was such a cute house. Uh it didn't end up working out. Um I'm in a different location now, but we bought a different house. But um, that's how I first met Morgan and I just I love I was attracted to her style. I was like, we have similar styles in a way, and um just kind of the similar energies, just really um, Morgan's very heart-centered. And if you know her, you know she's just a light. Uh, We've since stayed in touch in different ways, but I don't know a lot about Morgan. So I'm going to be learning along with all of you. And I know she's going to bring some really beautiful topics to the Art of Unraveling today. So welcome, Morgan. Thank you for being here.
1: Thank you, Erin. It's a pleasure.
0: Is there anything else you want to tell us about yourself? Or did I cover the topic? I mean, but, look, if you could share anything you want.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I loved the way that we met. And then our paths have just continued to tangle up with each other. So I think that that's beautiful. I agree. The second I met you, I just loved your calm and steady energy. I just thought it was wonderful. And um, it has been a exciting time leading up into this conversation. So I'm excited for today and um, surface level things that may or may not be interesting. Um, (laughs) I am married to my high school best friend. His name is Corey and we have three children. Um, So our oldest is 16 and his name is Aiden. And then we have Everett who is Seven and Malin, who is two and a half. So we have a big range of ages and Aiden, um, his dad, actually, I was married to his dad before I was married to Corey. So the stretch and age, you know, is a part of that. Um, and I am a new business owner. So by new, I would categorize that as three years and under. And um, I am in my family's insurance business, which was never the plan, but it is where I am. Um, and it's going well, but it's been a wonderful, you know, and sometimes hard season of learning. Um, and really the reason that I'm there is a part of our conversation today. So that's a little bit about me.
0: Well, thank you, Morgan. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. The first question I always like to ask the guests are, you know, what are you unraveling or, and I always say it could be something from your past that we're always kind of unraveling things Mm -hmm. even from our past, right? Or it could be something you're really in the middle of unraveling Mm -hmm. right now. So Mm -hmm. is there anything that comes to mind when that you're unraveling in this moment?
1: Yes. And it's both. It's a past occurrence, but it's a huge part of my here and now. Um, Grief is my current season of life. Uh, We lost my mom about, it'll be two years next month. So while it happened in the past, it's very present in our everyday, you know, missing of her and transitioning to a different phase within our family.
2: So.
3: I'm so, so sorry to hear that. I can feel the grief that, and the weight that that puts on your heart. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (sighs) How have you been navigating that? I mean, that's such a big question, but what are some... I mean, what has that
0: brought up for you other than obviously a lot of sadness and all the the stages of grief that we, you know, you go in and out of in multiple different ways, but like how Mm -hmm. have you been navigating it?
1: I think I've been surprised at um just have you ever had that feeling where you were thinking, there's no way that I will make it through that thing? I if that were to happen, it would be the end of me. (laughs) And yeah. I think because we dealt with, my mom had cancer when Mm. I was senior in high school and the cancer that ended up taking her life was not the same as what she had when I was in high school. And, but in high school, when the news came that she had breast cancer, I remember feeling like there's no way that I could ever make it through that. There's no way that I could live my life without my mom. Mm-hmm. and fast forward to present time i think one piece of the getting through is realizing that you do you do <laughs> you do go on and you do keep living even though she is not so um that has been surprising to me because i i did feel like i would probably die too <laughs> yeah so so there was there is that, um, without the support of my husband and the joy of our children as a welcome distraction as, um, you know, trying to be a mom and carry through has been, you know, a weight of its own and remembering to turn around and go back to your kids because they lost someone too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, I have a, my dad is still living and my sister is living. And so the three of us coming to understand how our family is without her um, has been easy and hard. And um, I think more than anything, the first year kind of felt like a blur. You know, you were moving in and out of days. But I I would have to say that the biggest continuing driving factor is is that your family needs you. My children needed me regardless of what I've been going through. So um, getting through it, I would award that to my family. And um, shortly before my mom became terminal, we had a new baby. So we had that interesting Dynamic of new life on earth and, you know, a life I loved so much leaving it. So it was the and both happening at one time. And I think realizing that and both goes on all the time in simple things and in complicated things has been a huge, huge realization for me during
2: this particular stage.
3: Wow, Morgan you share just so many, excuse me, so many things to, that people to think about, you know, like,
0: yeah, like, I guess my first question comes, you know, you said your family, you have to be there for your kids, Mm -hmm. Um, there's probably, like, the the thought, I just want to be in bed, I don't want to do anything, right, I just want to, Like in some way, check out because it's just so overwhelming. I can only imagine. And yet, like you said, your kids lost somebody too, and you have to be there and um,
2: Mm -hmm.
0: obviously be there to take care of them as well. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: So I guess my question is, um, like, how do you, how have, I'm sure it's been like a day to day thing. Like, how do you manage your feelings and that, that you're taking care of those around the grief and also being able to show up to your family? Because I can't can't imagine people listening that have gone through something similar, how tough
1: that juggling act can be. Yeah, Um, I journal a lot. Um, I'm grateful for the journals that I kept during that time, because when I go back Mm -hmm. and read them, there's things that I don't remember now that I was journaling Then, in the process of losing my mom, you know, special things that she said or special moments that we had. Um, I think the support of my husband to take that break, to lay in bed or lay on the couch or stay up late and have time to myself or um, I run. So running has been a really cathartic moment for me when it does feel like too much and I need to get that energy out. Um yeah. I have utilized spiritual connections. Um, you know, yeah. I've connected with mediums and energy healing sessions and therapy. <laughs> so yeah. you know, I think it's been a mixture of all of the things that I know how to do for myself. Um, Being outside in nature is so grounding and reminds you of life cycles and, Mm -hmm. um, again, having the joy of a new baby or a little one in the house, um, you know, it's almost like it was planned to have that Mm -hmm. happen at the same time. So, um, I don't think I'm always great at it, (laughs) I think.
0: I'm sure. Well,
1: none of us are, right? There is no perfect manual to get through this. No. And, you know, I think I've tried to be really open with my kids and let them see me cry and Mm -hmm. feel all of the feelings. And I think that this particular experience, you know, sometimes when someone is ill or you're going through an experience, you just have to get through it. And I am a person that will kind of be like, okay, I'll put it in this box and I'll go back to that box when I have more headspace to do it. And, I think when you lose a parent, especially a parent you're so close with, um, you're just forced to deal with it in the here and now because um, it, it hits you like a wave. And there's no putting water in a box, right? So you have to, you just, you have to face it. And I think that that has been, you know, showing my children that you can be sad and that you can also have joyful moments and that you can get through it without necessarily taking it out on, you know, on them or on their dad. And, um, so it's very, very layered. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And you bring up such a good point too, because it, And I could see you, you know, I think when you see somebody that maybe you don't know super well, you just, you assume certain things. And I assume, Morgan, that you're always like a bubble of light and happy and joyful and peaceful. And I think probably to some extent you are, but then you bring up that point too of like, you know, not taking it out. I I could never imagine you taking anything out on your kids or your husband, but nobody is immune to that. In the heat of an, a moment of stress um, mm-hmm. or, you know, that, that, that building up and then it just kind of explodes if we haven't been taking care of it. So, yeah, right. Right. But, yeah, I can't even imagine you doing that.
1: <laughs> well, I, I work really hard not to do that, but I mean, I think that it everyone. Happens. Yes. Yes. there Everyone has an imperfect moment and that's, you know, where you have opportunity
3: for repair. So, Yeah, totally. Mm. How have you, how have you noticed like the stages of grief
0: come for you? You know, like the, have they been, cause they're never just like, and I, I, I don't even have them in the front of my mind. So I don't even remember what they all are denial and, you know, all of that. Um, I know they don't just go step by step by step in my own experiences with grief.
2: Mm-hmm. But
0: how have you experienced that losing somebody that was so absolutely close to you? I
2: think you know, it's like different
0: a- levels of grief, I think. You know, I think about my this is in absolutely no comparison to what mm-hmm. you're going through. But my losing my dog was like yeah. he was my soulmate for thirteen years. A, saw me through some of the darkest moments of my life and losing him. It was just, I didn't feel like I could go on. Like I couldn't even walk downstairs. Cause that's, I would like see him downstairs and it was a whole thing. So it's, I think it's just, I don't want to minimize my grief versus yours. I think just, I just want to just blanket say that like, we can, grie- we have grief about a lot of things. And I think as our, as a society, I don't think we acknowledge grief. Like the grief of losing a job, the grief of coming out of a pandemic, the grief of, I mean, there's so many things that we grieve Mm -hmm. and yours would be like on that far end, like losing somebody that was so close and special to you, Um, Mm -hmm. but all grief, you know, deserves the same level of attention in my opinion.
1: Yeah. All grief matters. And whether it's loss of your pet or, um, you know, you've, you've gotten divorced and you're grieving the loss of right. what you had a picture in your mind that your family would be like, or, right. um, or to the extent of a parent or I I haven't experienced a child loss. Um, but I mean, there are so many mm-hmm. different caveats to, right. but But it is a process for us all. And I would describe it almost like a blender because, you know, it's all of it at one time. Um, And I think that there's different ways to absorb it. We knew that it was coming because Mm -hmm. of diagnosis and because of what, you know, medical journals would tell us about the type of cancer that she had. And I mean, when you know, little by little, you know, that moment is getting closer to you. It's anticipatory. So there's that side of it. And then there's the after it actually happens. And I think that for me, when she was diagnosed, when I was a senior in high school, the realization of having to face her mortality at that age and she would probably tell you that I was a, the difficult one, <laughs> but but I didn't feel that way. I felt, um, I felt like when sometimes my friends were going through, through things with their moms, that I just had this understanding that it wasn't promised to me that she would be there. And mm-hmm. just that view of life is different and it hits people at different times. And so I think to be that young and have that perspective was a gift because I feel like some things that maybe would have become an issue or would have been a stupid disagreement between us. I just, I really tried my best not to engage in those types of things because we got to keep her, you know, and. Right. And so, and Mm -hmm. she did so much growing after her first diagnosis and, um, was just, she did everything right. And, um, it was a beautiful thing to watch. And she taught us self-advocacy in the medical field and how you have, you are it, you are all you have when you are going through something so Mm life-changing. They may be removing body parts and recoveries from surgeries and things like that. And so there's those immediate changes that happen. Um, The loss of hair, you know, I can remember when she started losing her hair and just those shocking things that, you know, you absorb them. um, And they're kind of in your packet of what you hope will not happen, but also, you don't forget those moments. They're just kind of burned into your memory. Um, and then in the actual losing of her, I think, um, it's, it's just come in different stages and I have such a well of empathy for anyone in the early hours, days, weeks, months of losing someone that they cherished. And, um, It felt like a fog and it felt like um, the joyful moments seemed very far away for, for the first, for sure the first three to five months, you know, without her. And um, I took on her role in our family business. And so along with that, you know, Getting into a groove of how she and my dad did things versus, you know, what I brought to the table as far as technology capabilities and um, relating to clients and stepping into her shoes and almost some days feeling like I was playing dress up, you know, sitting at her desk wow. in her office and um, talking to her beloved clients. And I mean, it's wow. really quite an experience and to hear i think that was a gift to be able to hear from people along the way in that first year and to talk with them about her and to cry with them about her because wow. you know business becomes more than just business sometimes and she yeah yeah she cultivated beautiful relationships and i get to be a part of that and so it's a way that she lives but it's also you know some days I just you just cry. you know, you're just, yeah, um, but the waves every, just come, yeah, yeah. And every time somebody wants to talk about her or hear her story, then she lives again for a few minutes. So
3: um, what a unique situation, Morgan, to like step into her role. You know, after she passed, like that is such a unique experience. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure, like, yeah, just multi layered hard, and
0: like you said, brought a lot of joy being able to speak to different people about her and see the relationship she built. But also, I can only imagine it was probably very difficult, too. Like, it's almost like you weren't allowed to escape feeling all the feelings of grief just by this role you took on too.
1: And I think that there's something in that for me, you know, about really feeling it because being a former (laughs) compartmentalizer and literally placing myself in a situation in which I, I must feel it. I must, I've surrounded myself in it. And so, um, wow. Did I know that going in? Not really, but is that what I've realized in this process? Yeah,
2: yeah.
3: Sometimes it just seems, like you said, your, your youngest being born, it just seems like some things are just by
0: design almost, doesn't it? It's like, this was just created a little too, you know, not perfectly because you lost your mom, but like, it was almost like some what do you call that, God or divine or whatever, you know,
1: force kind of just created this way for you to move through this. You know, Malin's entrance into the world was such a beautiful time. Uh, we waited for her. (laughs) She was the last and we didn't know, um, She ended up being, you know, scheduled. I I was induced. It was during COVID times. It was not what we saw coming when we got pregnant, and uh, we're looking forward to the birth of our last child. And um, it went from the your husband might not be able to be in the room with you um, to okay, he can be in the room with you, but it's only you two. And I mean, so it was very different than the birth of my boys, and in some ways there's gifts wrapped up in that, you know, that she had kind of a difficult birth. And so to have Mm -hmm. that time to only recover and to only be with her and Corey was amazing. And also there's such beauty in the excitement of a family coming to see their newest member. I mean, there's all of that joy, but we had to do it different that time. And um, mom had waited on an appointment, you know, at Mayo Clinic until after Malin was born and just the unbridled joy that came with her birth and just getting to experience that with her without the cloud of what already was and we didn't know it yet, you know. And mm-hmm. um and then as she was in her dying process, just I remember when it seemed like they did the high five, you know, where I could see Malin speeding up and bursting into life. And I could see that mom was slowing down and she was getting ready to exit. And Malin was three weeks old when we learned um, what was ahead. And I just remember saying to Corey, I said, we are going to rock this baby in and we are going to rock my mom out. And it
2: just... Mm-hmm. It feels like too much to hold at the same time, but also, it was the gift in it. So,
3: wow, Morgan, mm. I can just feel all of that.
0: Ooh, I just think to sit with that for a moment. It's hard <laughs> to just like, oh, let's just jump into another question. I mean, <laughs> wow, that's like a lot. <laughs> yeah, there's no
3: no getting around that. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine like. So what's coming to me is um, so many questions, but when you said,
0: do you have that thing or that person that if they were to go, you know, you'd feel like you just can't go on. For me, that was always my grandmother. Yeah. um, Which some people know, maybe if you don't know me that well, you may not know, but like, she's been having dementia. So it is kind of this, she's now in a home. And so it's been this, slow degeneration, degenerative process. And it's a little bit different when, you know, they're in their 80s, you mm-hmm. know, versus however old your mother was. It, it doesn't make it any easier, but it's, you can understand that, okay, she lived a good life, you know, she, but I've never experienced, I mean, I guess that's my experience of, of a loved one dying, but like in front of your eyes but it's it's a little different because it's the mind versus you're seeing the physical body deteriorate and all that comes with that
2: yeah
0: I don't even know what my question is here but I I just don't know how you I really don't know how people do that how do you like and my grandma lives three and a half hours away so it's it's almost impossible for me to be there all the time
2: yeah yeah
0: I don't know how you, how do you do that? How do you watch somebody die? Like, I I can't even imagine.
1: Mm. Well, 1st that's not a question, but no, but first, I'm sorry about your grandmother. And
2: Mm.
1: I know that that process and um, those milestones that come with the the degenerating um, of losing oneself, I know what, for me, what that felt like. And I'm sorry that you're having those Mm -hmm. moments because they are so hard. And um, how did I do it? I had to, I didn't have another choice. And uh, it felt like falling off a cliff. (laughs) You know, I remember feeling frantic because she had changed so much to me and we had the gift of hospice and You know, something funny that happens is you intersect with people that do something every day that you've never done before. Yeah. That's changing everything about your moments. And it's like they've got, they're steering the ship, right? Like they're guiding you along. But I remember feeling like, why is every, how can you be so calm? She's, she's so different than how she was even a month ago. Like, Am I not? Am I the only person seeing this? And I mean, it's, that's not what the supportive hospice is about. But when you're the family member sitting on the side, it it can't help but be a part of that, you know, and yeah,
3: but it felt like falling off a cliff.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And then, you know, to watch the suffering, I think there's a place where you Mm -hmm. just you love your people so much you don't want them to suffer anymore yeah and, right um, you know she, she didn't want to die she was 64 she was young she was she said she was mad that she wasn't going to be there you know to watch me May- you can
3: only and imagine
1: and i just was like mom i'm mad too <laughs> like mm-hmm
2: how am I supposed to raise my daughter without you, you know? And she's here.
3: Yeah, she is. You mentioned, you know, it's like, like you mentioned it before and then
0: you just mentioned it there. It's just like, you know, how do you do it? You just do, you just go on.
3: And I think that is the answer for anybody that's been through hell
0: in whatever hell that is, is how do you do it? You just do. I remember when, again, this is in absolute no comparison, but when my dog was passing, I remember because I'd never experienced anything like that. Yeah. Um, I've been lucky to
3: not have a lot of death in my life. At that point, my grandma was fine, you know. Mm
2: -hmm.
3: Um, and I remember uh,
0: another person I didn't know very well, like a friend of a friend, and she she was a dog groomer, and she like came over to my house, like when a lot of none of my friends could. Yeah. And she sat with me, and she's like, "Every day it's going to get a little bit easier."
2: Yeah.
0: And I just hung on to that because. You know, and I know when you're grieving and I know in my own grieving process around that and other things, it's like, like I said, it comes in a wave and then the wave goes back out to sea and maybe a month from then another wave comes or next week another wave comes. You know, it's, there's no predicting it. Yeah. But it does get a little bit easier day by day. I don't know if that's the, if that was the same for, that was the way it was for losing a pet. Um, I'm sure with a family member that you're really close with, you know, of course, it's going to get easier at some point, but those waves are still going to come and they may be coming for the rest of our lives, right? Like there, we might just have to be okay that one day we the wave just takes me under and I have to stay in bed a little bit longer and ask my husband for some extra
2: support with the kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think,
1: I don't think you ever stop grieving, whatever it is. Yeah. And, um I think that when you experience deep grief as I I because I don't think it's a comparison but I think that there is surface level well, grief I don't want yeah
0: I know just, just losing my dog to losing no. your mom but if you if <laughs> you
1: gotta go with
2: if you knew got. me you'd
1: know it was very 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 close <laughs> yes yes and I think um, that when when you go through deep grief and then you see other people going through it. It changes the way that you respond to people. You know, it changes yeah. things that you will say or not say to people. Yeah. Um, I've, I've had teammates that have lost parents recently after mom. And it's like, I, I I'm not in their shoes, but I've been there, you know, and That's I... Right. I want to turn around and grab their hand, you know, because it's just like, I see you and I see you living joy with your children. I see you showing up to your life and I want you to know how beautiful that is. I know how hard it is to do that. And sometimes it's all you can do. And sometimes it's the distraction from, um, but I think the biggest thing that's changed for me is just when I see the next person going through it, I just want to wrap them in a hug, you know, in words or in yeah. person and just let them know that, you know, we can sit in silence. We can sit with tears. We can talk about it or not. <laughs> right.
2: Uh, you, know.
3: mm-hmm. you touch on a really good point there. Um, because I think there is, it's
2: getting
0: a lot better, but in our society, there's this, like,
3: it's going to be okay.
0: You know, like, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of some of the phrases that we,
1: you know, blanket phrases we say, like. Everything happens for a reason or. Right. <laughs> and um, it's well-intentioned. It always comes from a place of care. It is, but it's
0: people that I believe sometimes, I'm not going to generalize this, but I believe sometimes it's people that maybe haven't felt the deep depths of pain, you know, mm-hmm. that say these things, because I think to your point, you can now be there for other people that are going through the same experience because you've went to the darkest, darkest, darkest place, you know, mm-hmm. of losing this person that you thought you couldn't go on
3: Yeah. after they've left this earth. Mm -hmm. And I think that's (laughs) I'm laugh I'm chuckling
0: because it's like I'm the type of person that will I won't say this to somebody in grief, but I really believe everything happens for a reason. Yeah. Um I would never say that to somebody in pain. It's just a belief system I hold. Yeah. Um and I do it doesn't make any pain or trauma that we experience okay or that was that we're asking for more of that. But I do really, really personally believe that our greatest pain becomes our greatest joy when we use it to help another. That's what a mm-hmm. a, a pastor told me in my darkest night of the soul, um, and it's it's a lesson I've lived with forever. And it just it it I really believe God's source universe gives us experiences for whatever reason sometimes
2: mm-hmm. to
0: be able to be a light to others. In their dark moment, which is what you're doing just
1: by showing up here today. <laughs> Thank you. It's um, I I agree. Um, I just think when you have the raw, fresh wound of whatever has happened, um, sometimes it's better to just be quiet <laughs> and just hold space with someone. You know, I
2: think. But Amen that's to that. I, yeah.
1: Yeah. And
0: but it's but that's scary for a lot of people. They mm-hmm. don't know what to do. They don't know how to fill that. They want to fill that space or that quiet, or they just want you to feel better because it's making them feel uncomfortable. I mean, it's like, it's, it's a little bit of a, of their own kind of trauma response, Sure, a little bit of a coping mechanism coming up, but yeah, like, mm-hmm. let's. if you take nothing from this podcast, you know, <laughs> please just, Like learn to sit with somebody else in their pain and don't feel that you have to, you don't have to do anything. You don't have to take Mm -hmm. it from them. You're not going to be able to take it from them. And you don't have to say anything. You can just,
1: like you said, hold their hand and just sit there. And, and I think another thing that this grief in particular has taught me is how to hold myself, you know, how to Mm -hmm. remember that, um, it's, Malin has brought up so much of it for me, but, you know, she went through this phase where I would leave the room and she would cry mm. real tears, <laughs> just like I was leaving her tears. Mm. And I remember feeling often that I would say in my mind, baby, I feel the same, <laughs> you know, mm. and just learning to cradle mm. my in those moments and give myself permission just fall, you know into inside this adult woman is a tiny girl who loved her mom and misses her and all of those people that I have been miss her and to show up for that you know has that's been a big one for me, oh my gosh, Morgan, you touch on
0: oh, you just hit, I like just want to snap clap for a second, <laughs> which is not an appropriate reaction, but <laughs> because of the fact that um that is such a big that's what I've been telling so many people, you know, so many clients of mine um people that go through my Lightworker academy training. It's like you can't you can hold other clients, you can hold other people around, you don't, you don't have to be a coach or healer, you can hold other people around you, your kids, your family, your clients, to the the level and degree that you hold yourself, and the the level and the degree to which you can hold your own discomfort, and like, sit in it, and just be with it, and not need to, same thing that we were just talking about, not need to fix it, not need to change it, not need to push it away, and that if you can learn that like in my opinion not that we're here to talk about success but like if you to the level and degree you can hold yourself to the level and degree you'll be successful in life and that's just that's kind of like what I believe right um so I you just you painted that in such a beautiful way that like here's your little girl crying Mm -hmm. out you're going I'm gonna start crying I've already started crying in this podcast today um wow that was just like very powerful imagery that I'm sure everybody is touched by um oof, okay <laughs> wow yeah thank you for being so brave to, to go through this work and to not push it down like I'm you're a you're a a uh, recovering compartmentalist I'm a recovering escapist escape yeah. artist so yeah. I would like like how do uh-huh. we escape these feelings what can uh-huh. we do can we zone out on Instagram can we zone out on Netflix can we put mm-hmm. all of our attention into our kids and just be all about yeah, our kids 24 7 yeah. <laughs> yeah. there's so many ways that we can check out and you in some ways have been forced to be there, sit through it, and in some ways, you're you've been choosing that too, and yeah. I commend you on that because that's it's been highly even, uncomfortable. <laughs> highly what? I'm sorry, I interrupted. Been highly uncomfortable. One
3: hundred percent. Oh, okay. I want. Is there? I don't want to ask that question yet. Um, I want to kind of just bring this to you said you went to a medium yes I'm curious you know like because I really believe our loved ones are always with us she's
0: Mm -hmm. still with you she's just now in a different form but I guarantee she's guiding your life and helping you and Um, I'm just curious, how was that experience with the medium and where do you feel her in your life now?
1: There isn't a place I don't feel her now. Um, It took a while to feel her though. Um, And I think that going to the medium was an expression of that. I was grasping for her because I couldn't watch her walk through the door. And, um, I was looking for comfort when I went to the medium that I use and it has been such a giving experience for me. Just, um, mediums have been a part of my life since I was 22. (laughs) So, and I'm now 37 and Mm -hmm. I've always had really neat, unique experiences. Um, when I've been a part of those. And my mom specifically, um, her smile when she was happy was one of the most beautiful things on earth. And what that looked like is how it feels when I hear from her and, um, just very steady and affirming things, you know, as you watch someone die and become more I would say infantile in responses you know because it is kind Mm. of the shrinking back into from what we came from and I think that's painful when you've known your parent as a parent and um or your grandparent as your guide or whatever whoever that important person is for you to watch them unbecome
0: is That, that was the hardest for me to like not to just to interject the one little piece was like going back and seeing my grandma I think I shared this on the podcast and she was like hugging a baby a little baby doll and like kissing it on its forehead and there I felt my little girl inside of me my little me and she was screaming pay attention to me grandma you know like it was and I had to like work with my internal parts because it's like I could tell grandma was getting comfort from that Mm -hmm. baby in that moment. It was like a self-soothing practice for her. Yeah. And yet here I am. Yeah. Like I just want my grandma, I want you to, I want to sit in your lap, you know, it's just like, I want to revert. Yeah. But you're seeing them anyway. So I, yes, I understand
1: what you're saying there.
0: It's extremely excruciating.
1: Yes. And in I think the most important experiences that I've had with interactions with the medium have just been those loving affirming things that are you know for anyone that hasn't if you have a strong connection with someone they may show you places within themselves that were sick that we didn't know were sick um I suspected that perhaps the cancer had gone to her brain at the end because Her handwriting changed and, you know, just things that had always been constant weren't anymore. And so anyway, in one of those conversations, you know, mom confirmed to me and, and was apologetic almost. And just in the way of like, I know that that was really hard for you and, but I'm mommy again, you know, I'm, I'm in a higher level and i'm all around you and Mm -hmm. remember me that way you know and um
2: oh my gosh those have been some of the moments that are just so
1: free to hear and um i sometimes have the feeling of like i'm tucked into her you know like when we would snuggle or she'd come in the room, she would, you know, slip her hand around my waist and then hug me in real tight to one side. And so I always just kind of have this warm feeling on my left side. Like she's just right there, you know, she's got me tucked Mm -hmm. in. And, um, I feel grateful to be able to sense those types of things. And, um, I have a beautiful chime that was gifted to me by my um by my husband's aunts and it only will ring if the wind is going a certain way and so whenever I hear it I just think I'm always like hey mom
2: <laughs> oh, how are you yeah. doing
1: what are you trying to tell me you know kind of like just get my attention but another funny moment with a with the medium was um we were talking about signs and what the sign was. And my mom goes, well, I don't know. You've been asking for everything. So I've been doing everything. I've been sending birds and, <laughs> <laughs> and I just started laughing because I was like, oh my God, I've been confused. But every time I see it, I'm like, it's gotta be her, <laughs> you know? So oh, there's just, those, yeah, it's just those comforting, like, and, and things that only, I think the, the beautiful part of connecting with the medium is you, things come up that only, you know, that only hold the meaning for you and it's coming to you because of that. And so that gift, you know, I went probably four or five times the first year. And this year I haven't, I've, I've done one, but I haven't felt that same level of like, I just got to hear what she has to say because I yeah. feel like I'm hearing what she has to say because I'm right. not so in grief and I'm still mm-hmm. deep, but I'm not so deep that I can't
2: hear it or see it or sense it anymore.
3: Wow. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. I do believe that
0: mm-hmm. they, they'll they always be around you, that they can communicate. Yes. Um, I just have to share this story too, and then we can wrap it up but um just on this topic so just because a couple podcasts back I did talk about um grief that I was experiencing at that moment um it would be my stepdad's cousin so it's I didn't know him very well but it, it grief hits you it hits you no matter what it's like and it was a tragic accident and it was just it just you just didn't I didn't imagine this person was going to go, you know, like you just I hadn't seen him in years, but it's like, oh yeah, he'll play he'll always be there, whatever. His mm-hmm. nickname was Buck. His funeral was last Saturday. Mm-hmm. I was I could not go back home because it's a three and a half hour drive and I had to work, I did teach in Cedar Rapids on Sunday. I'm driving to Cedar Rapids mm-hmm. and in front of me I just happened to look up and the license plate said Buck Seven. buck was his nickname his funeral was the day before right. right and it's like he's I think because I'm sensitive he's definitely been around my presence
2: yeah
0: and my stepdad I sent it to him and he happened to be with the family and showed them that picture and they were all just yeah. like smiled from ear to ear you know so it's like they will communicate. He knew I was the one that would be like, oh, you know, like, I I you. get the signs. yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> right. So right. don't ever to anybody listening, you know, don't discredit that. I know that, you know, goes with different belief systems and whatever your belief system is, it's great. But I would never discredit that your loved ones aren't around because they, in my experience, they most certainly are. Absolutely. Morgan, just to wrap things up, is there anything you've shared, you've given people so many things to think about and digest and work through, um, but I always like to end every podcast interview with the question, you know, what's your advice to somebody who's in the middle of their unraveling, in the middle of the storm, in the middle of something hard, be it, mm-hmm. be it grief or, or whatever. Grief comes in so many different ways as we talked about what would you tell somebody in those moments
1: be kind to yourself and feel Mm -hmm. feel what you're feeling because the feeling of it is going to allow you to move forward and to understand that you do have it within you to um carry on live on I don't like saying move on but I like the idea of living on And I think that when you allow yourself the gift of feeling whatever is happening, you are teaching yourself, you are teaching someone around you, you are providing an opportunity um, to help the next one behind you, you know, and to know yourself in that intimate way is, I believe the most important relationship that we have. And um so feel it and don't stop feeling it. And don't be afraid to share it because you don't ever know how much somebody needs to hear exactly what it is that you have to say. And there were so many times that I went running for books and I mean podcast I have just been podcasting my brains out (laughs) for the last couple of years. And, in everything that I listen to, there's a nugget of truth in it. That is a mm. gift to carry forward. And, um, so just keep going and it may not feel like you can today, but tomorrow or an hour from now, if you're going to turn this off and take a nap, you might wake up and feel different. And, um, and then when those moments come, just appreciate their beauty. Because, you know, there was an evening in October. It was right before Halloween. And I love Halloween time. Um, And we were doing our pumpkin carving and the kids were all around. And I make them watch Hocus Pocus every year. (laughs) Love (laughs) it. (laughs) And um, I was jumping around the house, you know, jumping for joy and my oldest looked at me and he just said, Mom, I, I haven't seen you like this in a really long time. And I just looked at him and I thought, man, you surprise me every time. You're the most observant and I don't ever see it coming. when He shares something like that. But it was so important to me to know that they could see me coming back to life in the ways that they love me most because part of you does die when someone you love
3: dies and then you come back to life and so keep going oh my gosh Morgan that's seriously so well
0: said in so many ways I feel like we could keep going on and talking about this forever you have so much wisdom to share (laughs) from this experience and it's because you have been doing the work right? Feeling your feelings, everything that you just talked about. And I just commend you because it is not easy to, we are designed, our society is designed to help us check out very, very,
3: very easily. Mm-hmm. Um, and to go in there and do that unraveling is, yeah, commendable. Thank you so much for being here. I don't think we left anything out, do you? I
1: think we, we covered. No, no, I don't think so. I think um, it's a gift to talk about a woman I love so much that I miss so much. And um, I think the space that you're providing for people to share so that it it is a way of turning around for the next person. So thank you for providing this space for people to share what they know about easy things, hard things. Um,
2: It's important.
3: Oh, thank you. And thank you for being vulnerable enough to share. I know this will touch many, many
0: people. And to all of you, if you, um, I always love to hear, you know, what you get from the podcast. So feel free to reach out on Instagram, Facebook, Facebook uh Even TikTok at Pure Light Healing. You can e- also email me at Erin at PureLightWellness.com. And we just thank you for for showing up here today. Um, I keep getting it just a little hit. Um, if you're open to this, Morgan, just to completely finish. Uh, sometimes I do this. I do little mini sessions on people, but mm-hmm. I just keep feeling um the call to just release a little energy at your heart center. If you'd be open to that.
2: Mhm, yeah okay,
0: cool, so we'll just I'm just gonna do just a little bit of reiki just at your heart, so I'm like, go quiet here for a moment. We're just I'm sure probably your mom is telling me to do this. I am not a medium, but I do um so, you know get get messages
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, in various degrees, so we're just gonna just help release some of that um. And know that as I release it for Morgan, I'm just going to send it out to all of you as well. Just
3: releasing the pain we all carry at our heart centers. You've never um, listened (laughs) to any of my past uh, interviews where I do clearing on, on other people. I do yawn when I do that. It's just something that happens. So um, obviously if you're driving, don't close your eyes. But those of you that are listening, which be mostly silent here for a couple more moments. And just kind of just sit with your eyes closed unless you're driving and just receive a little heart clearing. And let's just do together um a couple, I call it glow up to just help finalize and
0: release anything. So just together, those of you listening can do this too, just putting your feet flat on the floor and just taking um a big inhale and imagine that there's a golden light hovering at above the top of your head and breathe in a little bit more, Morgan, and those of you listening, and imagine that this golden light comes down through your crown and it's the most healing lovely golden light and it just starts to swirl throughout your entire being it picks up any stress any tension any negativity and I ask that you hold your breath as you use this visualization and then as you exhale you can just imagine thick black clouds of smoke I like to go when I do that yeah and just imagine thick black clouds of smoke that go out through the soles of your feet and that's all that stress that tension that negativity being released. Let's do that one more time. So inhale, golden light comes in through the crowd. And just hold the breath. And if you have any place in your physical body that feels tight or tense, you can send that light right to that place. And just it's like a swirling energy. So it just I'm making motions with my hands. People can't see that. But this is I'm a very visual person. So I have to mm-hmm. visualize. Like a little tornado in there, and it just picks up that stress, that tension, and then again, big exhale through your mouth, and use that imagery of those thick black clouds of smoke that go out through the soles of the feet down into
3: the earth. And then let's just take our hands on our heart. I know from all of those beautiful souls that are listening, and from my
0: heart, thank you, Morgan, for opening up your heart and sharing with us today
3: and ah, what a beautiful story what beautiful moments you've shared and I'm just super grateful for you thank you so much
2: you're welcome Mm -hmm.